can hear the background here. People are very enthusiastic. This is Hugh Frizzell at, well, where am I at? I'm at the AGO today, and uh, I'm just capturing a little bit of the, uh, the enthusiasm here at a tasting dedicated to, well, modern French cuisine. This is CKLU 96.7 on your FM dial. Mm, the program, eat this, drink that. Richard, who are you here with? Yourself, primarily. Myself, representing the Small Winemakers Collection and uh, several French wineries that we represent. And that's part of tonight's dinner. Yes, uh, matching up with the, uh, is it the Impressionist uh, thematic going through the AGO right now? It is, it is. Now, this program is pre-recorded and may be broadcast many months later, but the AGO does host these wonderful events. You've been part of this for a number of seasons. Is yes, for, for several years now, I've, I've sort of lost count, but anywhere from six to eight times a year, the, uh, for the last few years, the AGO has asked us to assist them in on the wine side. Uh, their chef puts together a wonderful... Uh, chef Rene. Chef Rene puts together a, runner, a wonderful menu, and then uh, myself or one of my uh, trusted cohorts in crime uh, put together a selection of wines to match it up. Small lots, small winemakers. Most of our wines are very small. As we were discussing earlier, some of our wineries, the wines you might be trying tonight, for example, could be 500 cases of total production, or uh, one of them is 6,500 bottles a year. Hi, everybody. It's been a few months since we've seen some happy faces. Happy New Year. Impressionism in industry. Uh, tonight is inspired by Madame La Mère-Eugène Brazier. She was the first woman chef in France and worldwide to be awarded six Michelin stars. Wow. So in 1921, her first restaurant opened, and it remains open today in Lyon, France. And it was just awarded the most memorable old-fashioned restaurant by the World Restaurant Awards in Paris just this past week. For reception, you had a rosé we've had once or twice before. It's uh, from the Loire Valley, Cabernet Franc by origin. The wine is produced partly by Sanya Method, which is bleeding off clear juice or, or free run juice from a wine that will ultimately be turned into a red wine. They do that to um, beef up the red wine while, while still getting rosé. But some of it also comes out specifically pressed produced rosé. So there's very little skin contact, that's where the color comes from. And then it's 100% stainless steel uh, rosé. First of all, we've pounded out the chicken, the whole chicken. We've doused it in a good amount of cognac, salt and pepper, Bayonne ham, which is from the Bayonne region of France. And it's like the equivalent of a French prosciutto. That's it, actually, French locals. Um, then there is a farce made with ground pork, diced chicken livers, cognac, pork, parsley, egg, onion, in that ham, rolled up, tied, and we've steamed this. And it's chilled overnight. We've sliced it and warmed it through with chicken stock. Of course you're listening to Eat This, Drink That on 96.7 on your FM dial. We've all just finished dinner. 63 of us, I believe, have had a chance to taste uh, an amazing menu featuring an homage to, well, uh, you know what? I leave it to Chef. Chef is going to tell you so much more. Chef Renee, a delight to have you on this program today. Thank you so much. How did you get to be who you are and what you do? I think with the joy I have for cooking, it's apparent, tonight especially. Just years of experience in Toronto, I've, I've spent my entire career here and uh, 
working for great chefs like Jamie Kennedy and Andrew Milne Allen from Zuka, who really instilled in me the classic techniques of cooking, whether it be French or Italian or, or whatever. Now, Jamie Kennedy, you're going back a distance. You know, the days of Arpi Maillard, you, you know, the days of, oh, oh, let's see who else was around at those days. Uh, uh, Mark McEwen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you go back that far? Yes. Oh, my yes. goodness. You don't look that old. <laughs> I age well, apparently. <laughs> now, Renee Bellefeuille. Yes. Bellefeuille. You, you have a history. You have a, you're telling me that you come from Sudbury? I do. My family does. Oh, my God. Does. I can't believe it. This is CKLU 96.7, and its home base is Sudbury. That's amazing. And you're here on this, and you're doing food in Toronto. Absolutely. Now, Absolutely. have you used product out of Northern Ontario? We have. Cheese from Cap- Fromagerie Capesquoise, perhaps? Yes, I've, I have in the past. Uh, obviously, blueberries. Ah. Uh, takes me back to my great aunt living on the cliff in Sudbury and going out her back door. How wonderful. <laughs> making a pie from those berries. But yes, of course, uh, lots of uh, Northern Ontario and Ontario products are used. Well, of course, now you know that uh, from... You mentioned field as well to me, and mm-hmm. if you head south of field towards Sturgeon Falls mm-hmm. and Levine, goat, mm-hmm. um, there are things there, uh, dairy products, mm-hmm. uh, you can have, the, uh, heading up to the clay belt, yes. uh, you can have, do you source stuff from all over Ontario? As much as we can. We're quite a large operation, so we need to make sure that we have the volume that we can, make sure that we can get it in consistently. So we do, uh, especially for evenings like this, We'll source more local or hyper-local uh, products. Hyper-local. So small, smaller uh, farms, more uh, bespoke, if you will, where we really have the opportunity to capture something from a region, um, if, if at all possible, uh, mm. given timelines. And When's the last time you've been back to Sudbury? Oh, it's been a few years. Probably five or six. Well, that's not that long. Five or six. Things are changing. I, I was just at an agriculture conference, mm-hmm. and you'd be amazed. I bought a goat <laughs> from a ten-year-old. That's amazing. He's going to raise my goat <laughs> for me. Uh, I think stuff like that is is really changing our relationship with farms. Mm-hmm. Do land- you go out to the the land ever? As not as often as I'd love to. I live right downtown, and obviously the gallery here is uh, right downtown. So my my well, Michael Statlander used to. Yes. It. I was a member of the Knives and Forks yes. Society. Yeah. And we used to feature a Feast of Fields. Of yep. course, it was of the, course. the relationship between farmers and chefs mm-hmm. and and the people who eat the yep. food. I, st- I still love to get out of the city, and my mom grew up on a farm in southern Ontario so we have a, a long connection to to farming and to um, the land and being gardeners growing up. What about in the city? I know that the Royal York has a garden on its roof. Yes. When is the AGO? <laughs> because I have to tell you the audience may not know this we are at the AGO. In fact we are at the uh, I hate to call it a bistro I, I, I know it is, <laughs> yes. but I mean, it's had a number of names over the yeah, years. Yeah, I was Frank for uh, oh the first God, eight years. Eight years? First eight years oh of uh, this new building being built. We're on the 10th or 11th year now since transformation. We changed the name and about... you've been here for uh, how long? Four years, uh, 10 years in total, but in Executive. different capacities. Four years. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. When are you going to have beehives and things like Since I've mentioned I've the been, Royal York, I've been, uh, you've been I've been uh, poking the bear. Uh, we do have the, what the York Royal... That's a Royal very Sudbury thing to say, <laughs> by the way. Well, well we don't uh, have the hotel rooms that the Royal York does. We have no. art to consider. 
So anything that we want to do, any initiatives that we're thinking about, we have to we have to think about the conservation of the art. Yes. So I have had conversations with conservation department and curatorial and and all the people that would be stakeholders in that. Mm. So it's not that it's not. But the building is, I won't say hermetically sealed. No, it's very but we contained. do have to. Yeah, we do have to be very cautious, and even some of the farmers that we've used in the past, and we have to be careful with what soils they bring in. Oh um, yes. Even into the kitchen because or, or we're not sure. Or for that sure. matter, have you ever done smoke? Yeah. Uh, with you, you, so we're very, be... we have to be very careful in how we smoke and how we, uh, in what we smoke. We can do hot smoked. We can't do cold smoked. It's no. a short time. So we're we're a little bit restricted, but we're we still off-site. we still do a lot um, within our parameters and and the guidelines that we we like we feel comfortable with. Mm. So um, in that respect, we're we're now, still doing great things. <laughs> tonight was a, a wonderful pairing, but it is. I've used that word homage before. I mean, there is a reason why we're here. Mm -hmm. It's not just French Impressionists. No. You highlighted the fact that you gave a great nod to a very famous chef, influencer, Mm -hmm. um, a woman, in fact. Yes. More importantly. Yes. And this is not the only meal that you'll be doing. But tell us about tonight's menu. So tonight's menu, inspired by uh, La Mère, Eugenie uh, Brasier from Lyon opened her first restaurant in 1921 and that restaurant remains open today over the course of her career she was the the chef that trained the famous Paul Bocos um, from the Bocos door and things like that so uh, many uh, great master chefs came from her kitchen and were trained by her why do we not know her as I, well as we know the people who came after her? I honestly think it has something to do with the fact that she's she a, a woman, woman. She was the first woman to receive six Michelin stars and held on to that for 30-some-odd years, if not longer. Um, There's so little actually said about her. Was she a tall woman? Was she she a force? Was she... Was she in the kitchen and, oh, yeah. and very, uh, very demanding, but very not demanding good. like oh, the demanding. manly? Oh, demanding. Oh, yes. Yeah, you still have to be demanding. She didn't throw toasters no, at people, no. no. Oh, goodness. No. She was just knew what she wanted of her cooks and and uh, and demanded that. How and, many and seats was her restaurant? Oh, goodness. Got, like, well, 120 Something like that. Yeah, that's it's, probably pretty typical. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's still open today, and it probably just serves great lunches. Sure That's the does. big thing in mm-hmm. France. It's not the dinners; yeah. it's the lunch. Mm-hmm. And the gastronomic capital of the world, uh, Lyon. So, well, uh, not, it's not bad here. <laughs> Toronto has become yes. quite a leader in they, food. They have. Uh, we're so diverse. That's the. I think that's what we have going for us. Is you mean Portuguese, Chinese? Yeah, our, um, our ethnic uh, diversity is just so broad and expansive. We can have any cuisine. At our fingertips, really. Uh, you want Mexican, you want Lebanese, you would like uh, any. You, you can find it. You can find it at a, a walk away, a short car ride away, a subway ride away. You can have whatever you want, and you Persian. can Persian. Oh. oh my goodness! So delicious. Oh, so delicious. Saffron. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. I made a dinner the other night with uh, a very different pharaoh. Mm. Have you used pharaoh? Mm-hmm. That. Is that blew me away? I hadn't had, I hadn't had that as a grain. Yeah. Uh, for yeah. probably maybe six years or more, and I, I went after. I said, why are we not using this more often? Mm-hmm. Do you, as a chef, go searching for unusuals to open people's minds to things? Yes. Just like art does. Yes, I think I think it's important uh, if we're thinking about conventional chicken, salmon, steak on a menu all the time. It's same old, same old. Um, 
Hang on, hang on. You just <laughs> did chicken tonight. It but was it not <laughs> same old. And that beef. Yes. What was that? <laughs> I don't know what That's you did with that sauce, but it was. And, and then you did a butter made out of bone, bone marrow. marrow. Yeah. The marrow, marrow. My God. And you, you, you put it with savory elements. You, yeah. you. What? What was that? So the beef uh, was a classic roasted tenderloin. Um, but with a, a really jammy beef jus, so the jus from the bones and reduced and concentrated, fortified with some wine. And the butter on top was uh, made with bone marrow that was whipped with uh, shallots and parsley and wine. And then just before we served the dish, the butter, the pat of butter goes on top and then we blowtorch the butter to melt it and actually cook the bone marrow. So it was uh, quite a decadent little nugget of beef. <laughs> Place so perfectly on the in this the sea of, of sauce. Yes, uh, I shouldn't call it sea. That sounds like too much. Cool. But it was it was it was a it was the right amount for the meat. It was that waiting was, in the in the kiddie pool. How about that? <laughs> How on earth do you get it to be? I mean, it just doesn't happen. Did you prepare some of these multiple times over the last? We didn't week do any get, of them. You didn't do any. So no. you just team, knew it was going to work. As a team, we talk about it. And a lot of times, whichever chef here that works uh, on this culinary team, we all take turns drafting the menus, writing the menus, feel inspired. So tonight was my night to feel inspired and, and write this menu. But I have a, a team of chefs that, that know food. You and brought we, them out. You brought your yeah, people. Yeah. There were uh, eight, nine? Yeah, yeah. Nine? How many? I mean, I don't know how many tables there are and how many turns you do. But you were running a restaurant as well as running yes. a dinner. Yes. Um, I, can't, I can't imagine how it is on the line. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a difficult uh, undertaking, but we always get through it. Uh, we, we have a, a very lovely little dance we do every night. We have a curated dinner and a, and a full dining room. It's, uh, it's quite wonderful, actually. And we, it's, a, it's a Friday. Yes. I mean, the worst night of the... Well, it could the be best, Saturday. That would be the best <laughs> That could be even more... It's a better dance. It's, a, it's menu crafting in order to be able to execute uh, a dinner simultaneous to a, a restaurant service. So dinner for 63 at the same time. So you're crafting a menu that you know you can execute with time and efficiency and, and with, with resources that may not be exactly where you want them to be, the same as a restaurant service would be. So we, we do this dance every time we have a dinner or a, or, um, a group use the, the private dining well, No one dining came room. out flustered. No. I mean, this is not your first... Mm, Rodeo? The, no, it isn't your first waltz. Uh, this, you've done these. How many, this is number well, we've, eight or uh, nine in the series? In 2019, this is the first for, for this year. We did three last fall. I think this actually began about six years ago mm -hmm. in, in a different capacity. It was more called a wine tasting and we really had a wine focus. And I really wanted to change that and make food well, the focus. Even the people who were here who described and dissected the wines, they... They nodded to you that the food was the primary reason yeah. for being. And yeah. then you said, well, we're, that's not the primary reason. We're here because of the art. <laughs> you really mixed it up. Well, we're here for a whole lot of things. But for the, for the guests, I think, that come to the curated dinners, they're here for the food and the wine that goes with that. The art is why we are all here that work at the gallery to be part of this, this culture of art. And the food is the component that 
that marries with that. So to do a dinner that's uh, a nod towards Impressionism and Madame Brazier, we're, we're really fortunate to be able to have that inspiration. Not many chefs and culinary teams are allowed to or even have that that is a, as something that they can grab onto. Where did you train? George Brown College. Now, do the majority of your staff come from that background? All, o- well? all over. All over the uh, place. Yep. Some are self-taught, have just been working in kitchens a long time. And some prove are, themselves to yeah. you to be dependable. Yeah, and some have our young cooks, some are still in school. Um, the chef team is diverse. We have um, chefs of all uh, creeds and colors and mm-hmm. races. Young, and though. Young. The majority uh, are quite young. The cooks are quite young. The chefs are... Some of them are quite young still, too. We're, we're fortunate to have that ability to be able to train young cooks and bring them up, as well as cooks that, um, you know, just, just want to cook good food. Mm. Um, Your delivery tonight, just like the Guillermo del Toro dinner, was, uh, was so well-timed. Um, I don't think there was the minute where somebody said, oh, I wonder if the next course is coming. It was there. Yeah. Uh, and it was ready to eat, mm-hmm. and it wasn't six tables were done and one wasn't, yeah. or three tables were waiting. Yeah. You or, or you shouldn't call them tables; they were more like rouge, um, rows. Yeah. That's the way it was done. Right? Yes. Yeah. So this is more the, the idea of these dinners too is that you're talking to new people that are sitting beside you, a more communal dining style. Um, and it, it was just, kind of family in some ways, yeah, but yeah. You, I mean, especially the, the cheese course, yeah. it was a shared experience. Yeah. You, you want to, it's something you want to talk to people about, especially with a glass of wine in your hand. and Many the, glasses <laughs> of wine in our hand. And the cheese, it's, it's talking about cheese, talking about food are such important things. And if you're, sometimes you're just at a table of two, you may just have that much more dialogue to give if you're sitting people beside... People to the left, people to, to the, the right. right. Exactly. Uh, people across exactly. the way, the next table. I don't know... Uh, I don't know how really in many ways, having done many dinners for mm-hmm. large numbers of mm-hmm. people myself, I'm often amazed at the end and I go, how did we pull that off? Yes. As if it, it just... It, you sort of come to the precipice and mm-hmm. you just do it. Mm-hmm. Besides the restaurant here, we have a banquet facility that seats up to 400 people, so we can... Right, and you do that mostly on the... Third floor. Third floor? Yeah, yeah. I don't know how you do so that. So that's a whole other, actually, style of cooking. It, feeding 400 people in two hours is is a feat, um, and I think we excel at that as well. It's just a, turning your brain into a different gear and how to organize. What are the now, logistics? Will you go to sleep tonight? Of course. And like a what baby. will you do tomorrow? <laughs> actually, Not visiting, cook. actually visiting family and uh, actually have dinner out tomorrow night. So with some friends. And, okay. Uh, yeah. So you're in Toronto. Yes. You're a chef. Yes. How do you do the dinner thing without the dining out thing without being like, oh man, I could have done that better. I mean, it's never or, turned or, off. No. It's never turned off. But I would never want to turn it off. It's what I enjoy, and it's such a big part of me. And my friends and my family all know that. I've said to my aunt, I've said to my mother, I've said, do you want the the chef response, or do you want the niece response, or the daughter response? They wanted the chef response just once. They're like, well, I'll take the niece response yeah, next yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, don't have to do that. <laughs> but it's, it's about the experience. And sometimes, even in a family situation, you want to be there for the... For the conversation and for the for the experience and and sometimes in that respect the food is secondary. Let's back up. You know, at some point in time you're talking to purveyors, mm-hmm. provisioners. And you're saying, I've got a dinner coming up on this date. Mm-hmm. 
What can you can you provide this to me? Mm-hmm. Uh, how? I mean, there's dependability. There's trust Absolutely. there. Absolutely. With all of our purveyors, we have tons of purveyors for different things. So some people we just get cheese from. Some we just get. Uh, mushrooms from some we just get speaking of mushrooms you did a little uh, muse girl before <laughs> that was like I mean it, it could have if somebody said it was oysters I almost would have believed it it was juicy oyster on, mushrooms was that what yes, it was yeah oh it was juicy on the inside crisp yeah. on the outside yeah wow yeah a little a little thing to tempt your palate while you were oh, it, everything was and there was a rosé to start. I don't mm, know. The chignon. Did, chignon. You, did you have a chance to try any of the wines? I've tried or? them in the past. I, I had a sip of the Bagnols mm. and a sip of the uh, Beaujolais. Mm, big, yeah. bold, wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Not your usual Beaujolais. No, no. And uh, Richard uh, was was sure to to tell, tell the difference of, of all the types of Beaujolais, which is great. Those, those little tidbits of information are Do you think that um, half or more of the group were AGO members or yes yes this time yes uh, more and more members are joining and finding out about this and and wanting to take part and but you don't just, have to be a member no it's open to the public it's whoever wants to come you can you can come whoever you are we are on Dundas are. Street in downtown <laughs> Toronto you're a person from Sudbury I've flown down from Sudbury today amazing there I don't know where all the people came from tonight <laughs> but I'm assuming the vast majority are here yeah. in Toronto yeah why part of the reason we switched to a Friday night is is that more uh, more people felt a little bit more relaxed. There wasn't that the week uh, is over. The, the timeliness to get dinner over with. We we used to really push ourselves to get out by nine thirty. That was a, when it was on a Thursday. Thursday, Tuesdays, Wednesdays. No. We've tried all types of nights, but Friday people are a little bit more uh, sitting back and relaxing for a little bit longer and taking their time, which is what we want them to do. We want them to to enjoy themselves and not feel rushed. And for us not to feel rushed either. It's just there was a lot of food tonight. If we had, would have pushed that, it would have felt. Would all your staff have tomorrow then free? No. Just to know they're back. Tomorrow's at brunch service here. Ah, we have brunch and then dinner, and our exhibition just opened last week, so we're expecting another busy, busy weekend. So it it doesn't really stop. It keeps going. There is a season to restaurants. Mm-hmm. You. Of course, rebranded as mm-hmm. this one about uh, two and a half years ago. Two, just about two. Two years yep. ago. Yep. You refresh it, do things on the exterior. Does the kitchen change as well, or does it maintain its same flow and respond to what's outside? The, we stay. The cooking doesn't change. The style of cooking has changed a little bit. We've we've sort of stripped away a lot of the frivolity of some of the food and, and really gone back to basics which people are really enjoying it's not that it's a basic menu by any no. stretch of the imagination but really approachable flavors approachable ingredients people understand what a burger is people understand they might have blue benedictine cheese on it and a red pepper relish but it's still an approachable burger mm. it's delicious it's yummy uh, people understand those things so putting flavors together that really matter and, and are, are thoughtful um plating again tonight was simple our plating in the bistro day-to-day is quite simple but it's sophisticated it's it's, i don't think personally and i think a lot of the team does you don't have to have a lot of extra things just because just because a beautiful (laughs) presented piece of meat just oh man simplicity colors engagement but it's just the way it's positioned i noticed and again, you must do this with your staff. Every plate was put down exactly the way it mm-hmm. should be put down. It wasn't just dropped in mm-hmm. front of a, a client, mm-hmm. a, a 
there's a relationship between the kitchen that prepared it mm -hmm. and the person who's going to see it. Well, and the then server's eat it. the conduit between the people making the food and the people eating the food. So if you don't relay the message properly, it's lost. Mm. So the, that engagement has to be just as just as uh, as flawless. Now, that. You also used a variety of different plates mm -hmm. because each one also suggested perhaps the nature of the food itself. Mm -hmm. There was one that was more rustic. Mm -hmm. um, I, I imagine yeah. that was chosen on purpose. Yeah, and, and sometimes the color contrasts a little yes. bit. I'm not a one. Well, difficult on those tables. The these tables are very acrylic, Christmassy. Acrylic. And, I don't know what uh, to call them. Yeah, they're they're they're. Um, a multitude of colors. Reds and greens and yeah. um, blues and iridescent. yellows. Yeah. Acrylic hard top tables, so a lot of colorful plates don't work for us. And no. personally, I think white is always the best choice. It's the cleanest looking. Um, and you can do so many colors with that. And then we're bound by these brightly uh, <laughs> shining tables. But white can pair with anything. We have very few colored plates. Uh, mm. Only the one that you saw was the only one that we have. A little bit of wooden uh, yeah, I was going to mention that you then went on to a cheese service that yeah. was on a wooden yeah. uh, platter. Yeah. Each one unique, each one different. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important that like that was something that really needed to be a communal experience. Uh, like I said before, you have to talk now, about it. I want to talk about that battle rum. It was, I don't want to say trippy with with joy oh. it was it was rich. dripping with rum <laughs> it was rich yes. it was it was vibrant yes. it was and yet at the same time there was the smoothness of it mm -hmm. the the expectation in fact i would say it reminded me of childhood and i know you're going to say what rum didn't have anything to do with it but there was a, mm -hmm. a nostalgia to it yeah it it's probably one of the best classic desserts that i can think of that is in presentation simple, it's a technique, right? It's a technique-driven uh, product that you, it's all in the back end, and what you see is very much the simplicity, but there's orange and the rum and the vanilla and all those things of childhood and the butter and the egg and the flat, like all the things that are fabulous about cakes. Well, if you haven't had a baba or rum, think mm, the best donut you've ever had, which is not a way of describing it, I realize, but think of it as being full of, of, of essence of things and when you picked it up I mean it wasn't drippy but it was it was saturated yes saturated. now you told me these started out as as quite small and then they got bigger as they sat in in the syrup uh, over the course of the evening they absorbed all of the syrup and just became this saturated rummy orangey delicious not overly buttery no no so it ends up being like a brioche dough. So if you've had a brioche or a, a pain au lait, there is a little bit of milk as well. The, the, the butter almost emulsifies into the flour. So you've enriched it, um, that flour, and it sort of, it doesn't become like cakey. It's, it's like a bread almost that's soaked in syrup. That was just one aspect of many different flavors. Tonight there was an escaviche as well, escaviche, yeah. and and there were and there was a, a salmon souffle, souffle yes. mousse. Yes. Uh, there, there was there, there was a chicken galette. Mm -hmm. is, is that right? The dodin, so like a galantine. Galantine. Yes, truffle and uh, liver and ground pork and cognac and bayon ham. 
I, I don't know how you did it all. <laughs> I really don't. I had many hands to help. Definitely. <laughs> yes. It has been an absolute pleasure mm -hmm. to speak to you, Renee Bellefeuille. Yes. Bellefeuille. Yes. From Sudbury. Yes. And you know that, of course, it's uh, birch trees that mostly are in Sudbury. There's a lot of maples as mm -hmm. well. Uh, so they can be beautiful golden colors in the yes. fall and, and reds. And, and uh, do you think of yourself as uh, beautiful leaves? <laughs> Perhaps sometimes. <laughs> Here at the AGO, it has been one of those evenings that you walk away from and think, can we do it all over again? <laughs> I wouldn't want to do it tonight, but we will do it again. Great. Renee, a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you for being on 96.7 on your FM dial. You've tuned in to www.cklu.ca. We've been at the AGO, and more importantly, we've been eating. Eating here at one of their... Hmm. Famous uh, evenings that feature foods based around one of their exhibits, and this time it's French Impressionist Art. Join us again in the future, Thursdays at 6 o'clock. It's Hugh. Bye. So to finish off, I hope you have a little bit of room. This is a traditional French baba. It's actually petite, very simple dessert, very classic. Um, I hope you enjoy this. Thank you.